Welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standig uh, and Todd Dybus from the Washington Times here. You can find Todd on Twitter at uh, Todd underscore Dybus. hate those underscores. I'm at Ben Standig. The podcast is at Locked On Wizards. You can find us on iTunes, of course, uh, at Locked On Wizards or part of the Locked On Sports Network. Subscribe. That would make me very happy going into the new year. Uh, Todd and I recapped the Wizards-Nets game, and we at the end of that, we started talking about sort of the bigger picture, where this team is in the Eastern Conference and all that, and I wanted to talk more about that, so I decided we're going to break it into two pieces. You mentioned at the end of the last one about how you were surprised about some teams like Atlanta, um, and I would maybe throw in there Detroit and to some degree Indiana not being as, as interesting as maybe we all thought at the beginning of the year. I mean, I've been surprised. I haven't been focusing on the Eastern Conference standings when the Wizards were just, you know, miserable and we're like come on until they get there get going there's no point looking above but now that we're here with the wizards and 2016 at 16 and 16 tied with the knicks for six in the east again we're 50 games away from the playoffs i said something about the playoffs to scott brooks i didn't mean like the, the playoffs Playoffs. i was I, gonna say he almost gave he almost gave you a uh... and i wasn't yeah anyway so but i just meant simply you put your you know you're back in among the top eight teams and obviously that's a, a certain Point of a uh, point there. Here's my question, though. So we both sort of, I think, agreed in the last podcast that kudos to the Wizards. They've made great strides. I mean, they won this game without Bradley Beal, even against Brooklyn. I don't know if that would have happened a month ago to lose a game without one of your best players. But and John Wall's played great. Otto Porter really turned it on um, over these first thirty-something games. Martin Gortat's been a force. Um, you know, give credit to the to the bench guys for stepping up and, and, and so on. But that said, to me, there's still a gap. As, you know, forget Cleveland. That's a whole other gap between them, Toronto, Boston, maybe Charlotte, maybe if Atlanta gets going. So my question here is this. People always want to know what's the move the Wizards can make. And I've largely poo-pooed this because, hey, until the Wizards get going at all. You're pooing a lot lately. Am I, am I, have, I said that to, have I said that a lot in these last couple of podcasts? Oh, all right. Well, definitely, I'll, definitely. I have to work on. I have to work on that. My question, though, is now that they're here, fifty yes. games to go. You're here. Yes. You can see what you have. This starting five, one intact, is one of the better starting fives in the league. Again, not comparing to Cleveland and Golden State, but I mean beyond that, I'll I'll, I'll put them up against Toronto's right now and say they're as good as Toronto's. Um, you know, Boston as well. And and look, I give Scott Brooks. I don't. I. I Give Scott Brooks a lot of credit for, for what he's been able to accomplish. They've, they've made a lot of strides, um, including in the, some of these end game, end of quarter situations with Wall and Beal, how Beal was getting the ball a lot more down the stretch. Otto has been a guy who's made shots in part because they're getting him the ball. It's not just Wall one-on-one. All that said, do the Wizards, to, to, to go with sort of that fanny kind of question, do the Wizards need to make a move? I would argue, when you look at the East, that yes, I would argue they should consider strongly making a move because, look, you, are you going to beat Cleveland? No. It all comes down to is LeBron ever going to get hurt? Really, that's the that's only hope anybody has in the East. And all you can do at that point is put yourself in position if he does. So that's a he never does. So you can't assume he is. But look, that, is, I, that is amazing, by the way. Just talking about, I don't know if I was talking about this on 980 the other day or wrote about it, but just seven consecutive finals. And the guy never gets hurt. Don't forget, like, Olympics and there or yeah. other types of things like that. And he never gets hurt. It's he almost, never, He's not even slower. It's almost to the point of impossible to believe. And 
I don't know what to say. God blessed him or I don't know. So it, it's insane. So the question though is, look, I'm not saying you, you know, you don't not, I mean, you, you can, you consider any trade if it makes you better, but obviously trading John Wall, Bradley Beal, that we're not talking about that. And, no. and until Mahimi ever shows signs of playing again, you can't even consider about Gortat, who's by the way, playing at a ridiculously high level. So yes, playing very well. Otto Porter is playing at a very high level. I also don't think Otto Porter has the trade value people think he does because he's going to get paid big money next year. So whatever he's just because he's making relative bupkis now is not relevant when next year he's going to get paid huge. So yes. the so the question is, I know they don't have a lot to move. Basically, I think I have one thing, two things to move. Right. You have Kelly Oubre and a first round pick next year. Right. Therefore, the question is, I'll pose it to you. Those are the only assets. Do you consider making a move? Like, have they, has it reached a point where you would say, you know what, I really do think they need to consider making a move here, but considering how they've played and where the East is? I pause because I'm torn. I, th- I think there's uh, merit for both ideas. The, and, and what's funny is that the, the argument against is the existence of LeBron, and the argument for is... What if LeBron isn't there suddenly, as, as you said? That then what happens to the conference? So, um, you know, that's a. I how much of what's coming down the line do you want a mortgage to make a push to be a three four seed this year versus six seven seed, right? Um, I think that's the big question for them. Obviously, their cap space is gone. Uh, they have bird rights for Otto, so they'll be able to deal with him as they see fit next summer. And Kelly Oubre remains an inexpensive option, not just for this year, but for several years. Uh, and certainly Scott Brooks is very high. I think this is kind of an outside factor. Scott Brooks is very high on using Otto as the four. So if he's the four, then who's your small forward? And that's been Kelly Oubre in this setup despite his sporadic uh, success when he's been on the floor. So you kind of have to sort that out. Um, I would not do it for someone who's only going to be here this year. Correct. Or maybe even just the remainder of this year and next year. Um, With the cap going up, you're going to be able to kind of manage around some contracts. This is a really long, wishy-washy answer I'm giving to this question (laughs) because I haven't thought it through completely to decide. We looked at some, you know, just throw some trade ideas out there, some situations with the beloved trade machine yeah, to so, see what would go through. So it, it, it's the return isn't great, but as you said, and as we keep saying, the, the bench could use another, another jolt, and where would that put you in the conference that's not so hot this year outside of Cleveland, Toronto, and maybe Boston? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I mean, I was, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast the other night, and he went through the, all the NBA teams, sort of kind of state of the union kind of stuff, and he got to certain teams that sort of need to make trades or whatever. And he mentioned among players like Kenneth Freed on Denver and Lou Williams on the Lakers for Denver sort of – they don't they, – Freed sort of kind of lost his role. And yeah. Lou Williams, it's more like if the Lakers are going to look to tank because they're not making the playoff, but they, are, they need to get under the three seed, he's been very good for them. So I looked at the two of them, and you could make a trade in which you trade – if the trade machine is accurate, all of us who screw around with this assume that it is, um, that you could trade 
Ubre and Andrew Nicholson to get either one of those players. And I'm not necessarily saying I'm in love with either. I would just simply say that Kenneth Freed is not ideal in that he's a he's he's a um he, he's a non three point shooting big man. And how would you play him with Gortat and or Mahimi? But you know what he is? He's a rebounder. He's an energy guy, and he's a guy that you can rely on. Andrew Nicholson, even in a game where they were destroying Brooklyn, played less than five minutes. Um, Lou Williams, uh, I mean, look, he can definitely score. I wasn't a big fan when he was in Toronto, and I think that's why Toronto, I don't think Toronto was either, which is why they got rid of him. So I'm not saying that he's ideal. That was when he was sixth man of the year, correct? Correct. Yeah, and, but, and the Wizards destroyed him yeah. in the playoffs when they swept the series. But similar to the, the free thing, it's not maybe it's something of a square peg round hole, but it's a piece that can be used more than what's going on here. Again, Trey Burke, 10 of 12. For 27, he didn't have a point in his previous two games. He had scored 23 points in his last six. And as Scott Brooks told us tonight, he's not actually a point guard. So right. we can also dispense with he's the backup point guard. So I'm just saying at some point. There is no backup point guard at this point. When you get to the playoffs, it comes down to basically an eight-man rotation. And right now, even with Mihimi back, the Wizards are still. You can cobble together some eight, but it's not. A, even if Mahimi is back to what they thought he could be, you're still talking Mahimi, Jason Smith, Ubre, and or Thornton. That's not going to beat a lot of these other teams that have. So that comes so it goes to the point, which is maybe it isn't those guys, but I think I've reached a point where if you and I'm not saying Ubre should just is is is, is not a thing. I'm saying he's the only thing they have. And the other aspect is if you're going to pay Otto, now you're giving Otto and Beal combined a bazillion dollars at the play more or less where he's playing. Now, like you said, that point about the power forward, and there's some merit there. They wouldn't have I – mean, if you could, you know, maybe you, you bring back a, a, a piece that gives you that flexibility to play that spot. But I don't know. I think I've reached a point where I would uh, I would do it. Get, do it. I don't know what it is. But I'm just saying I, a, a couple weeks ago I'd be like, ah, I, I'm not I'm – not I don't want to move the number one because this draft is supposed to be pretty interesting. I'd have to get somebody better than what we're talking about here. Because the Wizards... That's the equivalent. If you move Ubre in your pick, that's the equivalent of two number ones and a second round. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I definitely wouldn't move them both. I would maybe... i pick one or the other, but I would be... If I'm moving the first, I need to get... I, it, it can't be just be a guy who's better than what they have. It needs to be the thing. Wilson Chandler. Oh, you, that's your guy. I'm still um, on the Wilson Chandler party chain. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the calendar to turn so I can see what math matches up. Once everyone's uh, contracts kick in to be tradable. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and just again, just to circle back, Ubre is 21 years old. He is incredibly young. It's, it would be insane to say give up on him. That's not what this is. This is no. looking at the situation and saying, This hey, is considering him an asset. Right. This is not a get him out of here. Yeah, it's yeah. A, if you want anything for value, you're going to have to use him. Right, right. So, so that's the thing. So, yeah. So I, I think I've changed my, my, my take on that. And speaking of take, I don't know if the world's ready. But it's the end of the year, and we decided we're going we're to see what happens uh, because we're, we're bringing in the kid. He's going to be known here as the hot take kid. He, he's the guy that has opinions on opinions on top of opinions. So I, uh, I asked you a, a sp for a homework question. We'll get to that in a second. But so here's the question that we were just discussing. You're going to sell anyone his real name, or we're just no, going to go with a hot take kid? He's the hot take kid. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, how, that's how it's going to roll. Uh I just said, I think Todd sort of agreed. The Wizards have shown us enough now. It's with where the East is. It's time to. It, it, they should. They should strongly consider move 
that bigger move more than I would have thought a couple weeks ago. What's your what's your take? Hot, warm, cold? What do you got? I don't know. I'm not as hot on that as you guys are. I just think that if they get this kind of decent amount of bench play like they have the past two, three weeks, the first round pick's going to be pretty valuable. This upcoming draft class is loaded. And like you guys said, Ubre's 21. He could still d- turn into something, 3 and D kind of player. So unless – obviously they should look and see what's out there, but – Unless they're getting a really good deal where they think that they can contend to go to the Eastern Conference Finals or something, I'm not sure if they should actually do anything. So I just out hot take the hot take kid on the first one? You, you did. I, I, I think you're underestimating the general hotness of your takes um, after your time at a, a, a local establishment that really enjoys hot takes. Like, should Jay Gruden be fired wow. when they're going back to the playoffs, possibly, <laughs> and that sort of thing? That, now, that's a, that, that, I don't know if that's a hot take. It's more like a flamethrower right there. Just, uh, just facts. I, I, like I said, I, I wasn't saying that uh, before, but I, 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 I don't know. I, the, I, the East is so bad. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you can – I mean, and it's 50 games to go. If you can get yourself in a position, if they had made the – I mean, the, the – don't wait till the trading deadline is another thing I'm sort of saying. If you wait till the trading deadline, why? You've got 50 games left. Yes. And, again, the bench – by the way, the other part of that scenario that I just mentioned, in the, in the deal that I looked up where you could trade hypothetically Ubre and Nicholson for Fareed, part of that is you're moving off of the Nicholson deal, which, again, yes. I, it would be stupid to say that things can't turn around based on we just spent this whole podcast discussing a team that has turned things around. Why can't he? At the moment, though, that has not happened to the point where Scott Brooks is still not playing him, even as other guys are in foul trouble or missing games or what have you. So I'm saying it's a combination. It would be a combo of getting rid of that deal or a deal like that with getting something that can help you now. Yeah, one of the challenges is if you if you're gonna move that deal that is so beneficial to you with your cap space to get rid of all those years, that probably the player coming back isn't gonna have you know, three years to go on his deal. The other side's going to argue, look, we need to do something here. If we're going to keep this contract for multiple years, it's not that Humphreys, Dewan Blair situation or even a year and a half situation. You know, right. Phoenix was able just to chop both those guys at the end of last year because their contracts were up. So they don't have that benefit, um, which is going to mitigate the value of anything because there's so many years on Nicholson's contract. And that's why, like, again – just to reiterate, I'm not saying Fareed or Lou Williams, those are just two guys I looked up, but Fareed's got two more years after this. I, also, the, the biggest caveat. How much? Well, I was say the biggest caveat of it all is I have not done the math. Yes. So I'm not, you know, if you're doing that and signing Otto, I, I don't, I'm not, I, maybe they're over the luxury tax. I, I don't know. It I, can I, be because Otto, they have bird rights with Otto. So right, they, right. they can throw whatever money they need to match him. Fareed is basically $13 million a year over over each of the next. Uh, well, if the math two. works for him, then it should work for Wilson Chandler. I just don't know if Den- it, it would. I mean, he he makes slightly less. I just yeah. don't know if Denver would be down for that. But maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, you get rid of contract. Bottom line is, they got, in my humble opinion, while while they're definitely way better, it's just still hard to look what they've got on this team beyond starting five and think they're going to compete in the East. And in a year in which the East is looking seemingly even worse than it, we all maybe thought it would be. It's the same. Yeah, the in, but the 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 capper sad part of this is that you're still talking about essentially 
NBA purgatory right. of how do we get a little higher um, in, in, in this no man's land where you're not in the draft and you're not competing for the title. But as I've kind of argued to people around here that considering the franchise, this is about increments. This is not about flatly winning the title. This is about establishing a baseline with a bunch of good young players, which it appears you at least have a trio of young guys who are very good. Um, moving forward and kind of developing identity with Brooks, developing the fan base and getting more people here in the ice cold, base heavy Verizon Center um, and kind of moving forward from there. Someday LeBron is going to retire, right? Someday? Someday. Ten years? Maybe he'll I mean, I mean, the other point is also on some level, again, I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal still very young. This isn't like – other than Gortat, this team is, well, you know, Mahimi to some degree, this is not a team that is over the hill and trading, you're trading away. Like, you still have a young team, plus if you keep the one, you have you have that. The three guys at the back of the bench, who knows what McClellan or Chefu and House will be, all rookies. So, you know, it's not like we're talking, you know, even, like, even Trey Burke is the same class as Otto if you wanted yes. to stay with him. So, uh, you know, we're not talking about it, uh, suddenly an old fogey team. All right, but enough of that. All right, we're going to close up 2016 here. Uh, I, I asked the uh, HTK for his big – what did I ask? The big uh, – Takeaway for so far in the season, 32 games in. All right, there we go. Uh, drum roll. Essentially, like, this team got off to a terrible start. But they started off – they beat some good teams. They beat Atlanta. They beat Boston. They beat New What's York. What's the one takeaway? Don't give me the book report. What's the one takeaway? Sum it up. One cent, one. Hot. The bench, Hot. like, and beating, I think, the Clippers here was the biggest key and signal that maybe this team is turning it around. They're not – that was a good benchmark where they're actually beating a good team, and they've pretty much kept it rolling this last home stretch and gotten some real home fans in the house. The, the home crowd has been nice. We'll see what that looks like when they get back from uh, – or when, they, when the vacation Whenever, all yeah. ends and everybody's got to go back to work. Um. All right. So that's it. That that's the, that, that's that's that, that's it. You got. They beat the Clippers. The bench has been better. Yep. Definitely. All right. Well, you ended up on a definitely. I made Todd not happy. Otto too. Otto as well. All right. Uh, we're gonna call it there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you uh, for all your support here in 2016 as we got this thing started, and uh, we will be back in 2017 to talk more about these. Suddenly, 500 Wizards. Unbelievable. Who would have thunk it? Uh, not sure. I'll be honest, not me. At least not a month ago. All right. Until 2017, Ben Standig signing off. Thanks to uh, Todd Divis and the HTK. See ya. Neil gets open for three. Dagger! And now, insurance-minded speeches from Geico. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the Geico app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay, Get the Geico app. Look it in the mouth. Get amazing services. Thank you.